Won't you uh, grab yourself a cup of hot cocoa, gather around this nice fire, and uh, join me for story time with John Isaacson, the Intentional Restorer, the Dojo. <laughs> Ready? I want to tell you a story about when I was a young man and my first interaction with what quote unquote business consulting looked like. So there I was, new to a recent uh, construction company that want, that hired me to add a restoration division to their existing services because, of course, they saw re- uh, insurance work as you know the cash cow, right? The one. If, if only they could break into the insurance industry, it would solve all of their revenue and profitability problems. And so here we are. But unbeknownst to myself, they had also hired a business consultant. A business consultant. Um, prior to, you know, even me being hired. And so finally, you know, a young man comes in with an ill-fitted suit and a briefcase. And he says he's going to spend some time with us and really dig into the biz. I'm a businessman, big businessman. I'm a businessman, but businessman. I do business, man. Talk a business, man. How you like my tie? And so I remember after, you know, he interviewed each of us and kind of walked around the office and typed on his computer and, uh, you know, did those kinds of important looking things. At the end of the week, you know, he provided my boss with a report, and I, I, literally the friggin' report said, um, you know, increase your revenue, uh, increase your profitability, um, and if you're struggling with profitability, maybe make some cuts, and, um, you know, opportunities to increase revenue might include going after real estate agents. So, um, and here's a list <laughs> printed out from, you know, probably Yahoo at the time, right, of uh, real estate agents in your proximity. And, uh, and I remember thinking, what the crap? How much did that cost? And I, 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 I believe the owner said, you know, that was about $10,000. It might have been fifteen. I don't know. But so what they did was they looked in the, the interwebs and the top-rated, you know, business consulting, and, uh, and that's what they got. So because of name recognition, that's who they got. And so, man, I, if you are a business owner um, looking for, you know, high-level business consulting or, you know, you're a manager looking for, you know, career development, um, process improvement, um, or even, you know, perhaps you're somebody on the front lines just looking for someone to help you know how to take the next steps. Um, The Diojo does offer business coaching. Um, I I almost hate because of that experience the, the word consultant because, um, you know, there seems to be a lack of investment and engagement, right? You know, and so, you know, our goal when we coach and consult is to work ourselves as quickly as possible out of a job, you know, so identify what it is that you're wanting to execute on, try to create executable goals, and then help you achieve those goals. And it's not us being the superhero, but helping you be the superhero in your own story. And so, there's many of our guests on the Diojo podcast offer similar services, so I'd encourage you, you know, interview, talk to people, find out who's the right fit. Um, and if the Diojo happens to be, you know, if you think that guy John Isaacson might be able to help you, then um, that's awesome. So 
but uh, but that's we we really try to create um, real world executable um, you know business coaching principles and most of the stuff relates to you know the blueprint for success your people your process your production and progress um, you know and we have things like clarity consistency and accountability you know just core principles parameters that'll help you um, grow your personal and professional development, your leadership skills development, and, you know, your process improvement. So check out the Diojo.com. And uh, if it's something you want to talk about, schedule a free 15-minute consultation. So thank you for listening. The Diojo Business Coaching Services. The Diojo.com. The Diojo.com. Not Rona. How many of you still remember, are familiar with, the epic Adam West Batman TV series? Um, and speaking of epic things, uh, this week on the Diojo podcast, we have Eric, the Tech Whisperer, Sprague, from MorningTechMeeting.com. So, I enjoyed this conversation immensely, and like we mentioned several times, it's a topic I could have spoken about, and I know Eric could have spoken about at great length, but... In interest of thinking of you, the listener, we tried to keep ourselves within a normal time constraint, but um, we talked a lot about training and soft skills and Eric's background, what brought him into property restoration and the lessons they learned. You know, he wasn't born in the industry. Um, him and his partner, Larry Wilberton, started a company in California and grew it and were able to sell it. And so I'll allow... Uh, I'll save that for the episode to hear that part of the story. But there's two things I kind of I want to bring up in opening. Um, <clears throat> number one, I love Eric's. Um, what is it? is it? Not not an acronym, but his uh, his uh, you know his alter ego, not his alter ego, his superhero name, the Tech Whisperer. Um, because Tech Whisperer signifies, you know, he understands where the bread is buttered. Do you understand where the bread is buttered? Do you? Do you know what your bread is? Do you know what the butter is? Do you know how to put the butter on the bread properly? And if you want to get more bread, and if you want to get more butter, maybe you should listen to the Tech Whisperer. Um, the bread is buttered on the front lines of your business. If you invest in your people... The ones that are delivering your services and you design your processes to assist them in doing their job with clarity and consistency, you're going to be competitive. Um, and you will have, you know, so many people want to talk about accountability, accountability, accountability. Um, that's a clip from another video that we did. Um, but, uh, but so many people in a position of leadership, what we call the P-I-A-P-O-Ls, people in a position of leadership, seek. So you're seeking accountability, but you're not investing in clarity. 
you're not investing in consistency and you're not investing in your people or your processes. So those combine two things that we talk a lot about at the Diojo. Um, the four P's of success, the blueprint for success is people, process, production, and progress, um, which this topic talks a lot about. If you invest in your people and you develop your processes around helping them do their job, you're going to get better production and you're going to make more progress on your, your goals. And so... Um, you know, check that out, the Diojo.com blueprint for success. <clears throat> um, if you want to, you know, learn more about our thoughts on that. But <coughs> again, not Rona. Yikes. That intro kind of shredded my vocals this morning. Eric, also, the second point is is critical to understand Eric is not pulling this from some book that he read he didn't just come back from some conference and he's just regurgitating you know all of the wonderful things he learns that they're going to apply immediately and things are going to be different around here I promise you this time no this are things that he and Larry learned you know in the trenches um and the the secrets to soft skills um that he shares in the soft skills videos for morningtechmeeting.com, 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 have been birthed from his time in the trenches as co-owner of Shamrock Restoration with Larry, the pineapple man, Wilburton. Um, something we discuss in my upcoming episode on their podcast, the Blue Collar Nation podcast. Um, we had a really fun time, you know, talking shop, but uh, Eric... It's crazy, you know, we talk about it the dojo, helping you shorten your learning curve, right? So Eric does that. I mean, you, through, um, he's got Shamrock Consulting and MorningTechMeeting.com, MorningTechMeeting.com. So the, the consulting obviously is pretty straightforward as an owner. If you're looking for somebody to help you develop your business or, or, or yourself, you know, that's a great opportunity and then the the soft skills training from morningtechmeeting.com if you haven't already developed a training system and you want somebody that's already put the legwork in um, he's got daily you know short little lessons that help elevate um, and expedite your people process um, so they're offering it's crazy they're offering uh, for listening to the Diojo I mean this podcast is not only making you money it's saving you money if you mention the Diojo podcast they're, the lessons are normally $39 a month. Mention hashtag the Diojo, and they'll drop that down to $29 a month. You save yourself 10 bucks a month, 120 bucks a year, just by listening to this mediocre audio experience. So enough of me rambling on. Um, let's get to the good stuff with Eric, the Tech Whisperer, Sprague, on this episode of the Diojo Podcast. <laughs> Um, short disclaimer, yours truly, uh, I've expressed several times, I'm technologically deficient, and <laughs> for some reason the video component of this did not <coughs> save properly. You failing failure, you fail so much! Failure! You're a failure! Fail! 
and so you're listening to a recording of the recording so that's why the audio is a little bit off but I so enjoyed the conversation I didn't want to go back and re-record and I think it's sufficient quality that you can hear the conversation so that's why the audio might be a little off I know if you're listening to this you're not used to the best quality audio but this takes a little bit of a dip and unfortunately it's on Eric's side because I'm recording the recording but again I, I think the content's important enough that I didn't want to try to recreate it so here you have it um all right well we're here with eric sprague with uh blue did i say that right sprague yep. yeah, thank uh, you. with blue collar consulting and you're there in uh ogden utah right i am well upper ogden valley okay right up, the mountains. up in, in yes and uh, uh safe and uh, uh quarantining from uh <laughs> coronavirus like all of us and so i uh I came across your um, Blue Nation, um, sorry, Blue Collar Nation podcast uh, there on LinkedIn, and I've listened to a couple of those. Those are, those are awesome. And I noticed in your bio, um, you're referred to as the uh, the Tech Whisperer. Um, so we'll get into where that comes about. But I'm always interested to ask. Most people don't set out to get into our industry, right? It's not something you go to high school thinking, man, I want to suck water out of crawl spaces, right? Um, so how did you, I, I know you owned, um, Shamrock Cleaning, but how did, what was your life before restoration and how did you get into? Yeah, so I have a really varied background. It's really weird. <clears throat> Grew up in a very blue collar town and a very blue collar family. Um, had worked, you know, kind of every blue collar job you could have as a teenager and through college. And, you know, basically said to myself, I don't want to do this for a living. I want to sit at a desk. I want to, you know, drive a Lamborghini. I want to do all these things, you know. So I went to college. Um, I didn't really have a plan for the Lamborghini, but and uh, I was a history major. Kind of went through that. Oh. Really enjoyed it. Uh, got a full scholarship to Boston College for a PhD program in history. Holy cow! And in my first year there, I kind of looked around and went, this is not for me. This yeah. is way too slow paced. This is, this is not, you know, I'm, I'm missing the doing, you know. Are you so, originally from the East Coast? I, I grew up in Maine. Okay. Yep. About an hour and 20 minutes out of Boston. Oh, dang. And um, so anyway, I had talked to a friend who was splicing fiber optic cable from San Diego all the way to Texas. Okay. Quit my PhD program on a Friday. <clears throat> was in San Diego on Monday digging ditches and we dug ditches for two years all the way out to Dallas. Jeez. Digging ditches, splicing fiber, and then uh, left that job because I was just on the road all the time. Got a job as an operations manager for a company that manufactured golf simulators. Oh. And I was there for many, many years, worked up to vice president of operations. I uh, was doing really well, but again, traveling all the time. I was just yeah. traveling worldwide. And, uh, you know, Michael Gerber in the E-Myth says that we have entrepreneurial seizures. <laughs> so I left my very high-paying job on a whim, sold my million-dollar house, and got my college roommate to start a cleaning business with me, and I moved into a warehouse. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I, I lived in a warehouse for two and a half years. As you guys were getting the business going? As we were getting started. But the problem was that was 2008 and the recession. We started our business January 2nd, 2008. 
Oh, dang. With no clients, no experience, whatever. And we hustled, man. We were doing real yeah. estate trash outs. We did janitorial. We did anything we could do to keep it going. And um, here's how I, I got into restoration. It's really in- interesting. So we, we did air duct cleaning and carpet cleaning. Okay. Larry, my business partner, had a cleaning van. I had an air duct van. Oh, we wow. were sitting at a parking lot one day just having a quick tailgate meeting before we went off to our jobs. This would have been about 2009, I guess truck rolls up from a national restoration company, which I'm I'm not named and guys, project manager. And he's like, Hey, you guys do air duct cleaning and, um, carpet cleaning. And we said, yeah, we also do hard surface and street drapes and all that. He's like, great. The Yorba Linda fires just are happening right now. Can you guys be our subcontractor for that? So we said, yeah, you know, and we, it was just, we were two men at that, but we were just a two man shop. Yep. And for the next six to eight months, Larry and I were working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, cleaning up behind this company. Cranking them out. On all these fire jobs. And wow. I'm looking around and, you know, what would happen is I'd knock on the door and I'd open the door. They'd open the door and just start yelling at me just oh. immediately. And at first I was like, what in the world's going on? What I realized was they were yelling at the the restoration company that they were oh, frustrated with okay. and i have to say oh no no i'm just a subcontractor so that got me thinking like i'm on these jobs every day i can start watching what's going on i can go start taking certification classes and yeah i'll never be as big as that company yeah but i won't give service like that yeah you know yeah and that's how we got into it larry started taking classes i started taking classes we kept cleaning and then next thing you know, we're marketing to our client base. Then we started marketing to a few insurance agents in town. Yep. And the next thing you know, we just started to grow. Yep. Are you a big man? Huh? I'm talking to you. You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants. Look, I'm wearing a belt. I got big boy pants on. You know, it's um, not rocket science. No. So we went from <clears throat> just Larry and I to... I don't know, eight guys doing a million dollars in like wow. a year. Nice. You know, and then we just kept going. And we had like around 30, 31 guys at our peak. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, and that was all mitt. We didn't do reconstruction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mitt and mold and carpet cleaning. Yeah. And that was, so that was the shamrock cleaning there in California. Sure. Shamrock cleaning and restoration. And, yep. and, and so you sold that recently then? Yeah, we sold that in September 2018 okay. to a company that we were friends with the owner. He had gotten a lot bigger than us and kind of knew that we kind of had locked down our area and he yeah. wanted that area. So he made an offer and we took it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And then so, um, yeah, it's interesting um, talking to people, you know, with no prior experience. You know, sometimes that gets looked down upon, but it's all learnable, right? The the skills of this industry, you can, you can learn them. Right. And, and yeah, you know, I just, I went to every class you could get. Yeah. I just, and, and when I wasn't doing that, I was online or on YouTube or, yeah. you know, reading clean facts or R and R or whatever. Yep. So I tried to pack in a few years as much knowledge as I could get that maybe some guys would get in 20. Right. You, you know, I mean, if you are willing to take the time and do yep. the work, yep. then you can catch up. You know, I, Obviously, got my WRT, ASD. I went to Reed's Drying Academy and 
Georgia. Oh, dang. Went through firehouse education with the Coys. I mean, oh, cool. I I was out there getting these certi- certificates as fast as I could. Get. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you start to build a network of people that you can ask questions, and when you come across something that uh, you haven't seen before, you can call somebody, right? So, absolutely. Well, that's, that's how I got into it. I totally stumbled into it. It was all yeah. by chance. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I wanted to touch on this, um, uh, the tech whisperer concept and, and the training that you do with um, the morning tech meeting. So obviously you can tell from your story you had a hunger for knowledge or at least a, a practical understanding that that was necessary to better yourself and better your company. So where did this idea of the... Now, with the morning tech meeting, you do, I mean, it's a daily, Monday through Friday. Um, MorningTechMeeting.com is a membership site where you get a, a kind of a, it's about a six to eight minute video okay. every day. On Mondays, we do personal development. Tuesdays, we do in-home behavior. Wednesdays, we do disc training, disc personality okay. profile training. Thursdays, we do selling in the home, add-on sales, upsells, whatever you want to call it. Friday, we do a recap of that with a quiz. Okay. So it's just investing in your technicians every single day a yeah. little bit. And that's the, the soft skills side. Obviously, it's not a, a technical yep. training, but the... No, you gotta, I leave that to the yeah. professionals, the IICRC instructors and, and, well, and you know, the owners too. Well, that's something, I mean, we work on on our end too. You know, that was part of the Diojo is how many people get thrown into a position of leadership and it's like, well, you were good at this, so you've got to be good at this, right? And managing people is a whole nother ball game. The same well, it's thing. John, oh. that you say that because what I did is I went and got John Maxwell certified. Okay. John Maxwell Leadership Certified. That was because I realized I needed to up my leadership game. Sure. And then what we would do is I and I actually sell these now on video courses. We would do exactly that. You know, it's so unfair to take your best technician and just throw them in yeah. and say well now you're managing six guys yep, yep. It, it, with no training so what we would do is we'd have in-house mastermind groups using john maxwell's leadership gold book oh. and then by the end of that we could kind of tell whether that was right a good fit for them or not and i even had guys who come at the end of that in-house mastermind and say you know what eric i, I thought i wanted this job but it, it's not a good fit for me yeah. i think i should just stay being a technician and that's fine. Some guys are you just don't want to better. Take your best yep. guy, and then make them your worst manager. And and they'd be miserable. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I basically do now a video course. It's twelve weeks long, um, where we do I do like whiteboard lessons for the Maxwell Leadership Gold Book, and it's okay. basically to take a technician and turn them into a manager. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's. Um, uh, so, when did when did that uh, concept kind of? Um, I'm assuming you started doing some of that with Shamrock uh, when you were oh, yeah. in the trenches. When did the light bulb come on for you that uh, you needed to? You know, you hear often monthly training, maybe weekly training, um, and and you committed to daily training. What uh, what was that process for you? Well, it was a long process full of pain. And that's what. <laughs> And that's what got us there. You yeah. Know, we lived, we live. you know, our business was was in an area where we would service a lot of high-end clients yeah. and high-end homes. Yeah. So the stakes are high. And the average age of my technicians was probably 23. Sure. 
and most of them were from a you know a background of you know they they didn't come from Harvard or Yale they yeah. didn't like school maybe their family situation wasn't great so they didn't yeah. have a lot of the life skills that are needed to please Mr. and Mrs. Millionaire mm-hmm. you know so we had had enough breakages complaints uh, callbacks you know all the things that cost us owners lots of money where I finally said, enough of this. I am sick of getting the phone calls where, you know, they complain that the technician didn't communicate well or they didn't tell them what was going on or they did this, that, or the other. So I just made it. We started with a weekly meeting. So we we said, okay, we'll do 30 minutes once a week. And as soon as we committed to that, things got a little better. Not way better, but a little better. Enough for my business partner, who's kind of the bean counter of the two of us. Yep. Okay, well, let's do Monday and Wednesday. So I said, okay. So then I started doing Monday and Wednesday, and things got even a little better than that. So then I kind of convinced Larry to do every day, but 15 minutes or less. Okay. Now, you know. Like a morning huddle? 30 people times 15 minutes every single day. Yeah. And whatever your time's worth. Right. a substantial amount of money at the end of the year starts adding up yeah but what happened was and look larry was the guy sitting there <laughs> you know behind the thing going you know we gotta yeah. get them going get these guys but out the culture completely changed once we started investing in them because all of a sudden they understand that we're taking this time to invest in them right because they aren't just skills that you use at work they're skills that you can use everywhere yeah you know? and you know, our add-on sales, especially on the carpet side, went through the roof. The amount of breakages, the amount of callbacks all went down. And then we were holding staff much longer, which, you know, is one of the yeah. most expensive things you can do is to train a guy from scratch. And then, So the amount of money that we were saving was yeah. far outweighing the amount of money we were spending on these meetings. And That's why. You know, we actually learned quickly because we got in a cash crunch at one point. We did a whole bunch of big jobs, slow payment. Yeah. And Larry looked at me and went, dude, we got to stop doing the meetings. Like, we just can't afford these meetings. And reluctantly, I said, okay, yeah, you're right. So we started kind of going back to the, we'll text everybody what they need to do that day. And it was mutiny within a week. Because the team felt like we had abandoned them. Right. You know, here we had been giving them all this love and building a great community within our company. Yeah. And then even though they understood that, you know, we weren't doing it on purpose. It still felt like a betrayal. And what happened? Add-on sales went down, breakages went up, callbacks went back up. And I had to go back and eat crow and say, look, guys, I don't care how much this costs. We're going to go back to what we're doing. My bad. It was our decision. Yeah. It was the wrong one. We went back to doing the quick daily meeting. Everything within a week or two went back to normal. That's crazy. That's, yeah. I mean, this is all trial and error. This yeah. isn't just theory. I mean, we did all of this stuff to yeah. learn that this works. We, I've always, um, I, I developed a, a chart, you know, because, so I told you a little bit offline, my background, I got brought into a company, another recognized, um, you know, national name, you know, one of the largest, and um, the whole purpose was training. And I think I told you the the first time I held a training, you know, the manager that had hired me that was my direct supervisor was just standing outside the door steaming. We had a, a once a week, half an hour meeting, and then we're going to do once a month longer technical meeting. And, and he's just 
beat red. And, and I was like, what's wrong? And he goes, do you know how much that meeting just cost? And I'm like, I don't know, we had nine, ten people in there, you know, for maybe just shy of half an hour. And I said, you guys told me, you know, I told you, you told, you hired me to train. I told you this is what we're going to do. These are the topics, you know, what do you expect? And he's like, well, it better not hit my jobs, you know. <laughs> you're doing this because you're scared to death, like the rest of us, that you don't matter. And you know what? You're right. You don't. You're not important. Get used to it. And so, but, but it's, it's really interesting that note you said in the center of that chart as I was developing, like, how am I going to train these people? Because like, you know, after the recession, um, it was more jack of all trades instead of specializing. The one thing I tried to teach everybody is, you know, in order to have a successful company, we have to have, we have to be profitable. We have to be. And then, you know, we have to make money and make money on our money, but we also have to have happy and returning customers. And as technicians, I need you all to focus on the happy customer part, because if we make happy customers, we'll find ways to be profitable. And, well, and, and I think, John, happy technicians make happy customers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, that's exactly what we found. You know, it was, you know, those weekly meetings was a time when, you know, like you said, in addition to training, it just got people together, you know, which is... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, like I, I talk about the six to eight minute video, and if that's all you do, because we also have it where it can go out to every guy's phone, because we understand not everybody can meet every single day, sure. right? And that's what we would do. We, you know, we we didn't have it refined like it is now in MorningTechMeeting.com, yeah. but yep. if we didn't have a guy at a meeting when he got out of his job or whatever, I'd usually pick up the phone and kind of do a quick impromptu meeting with him because yeah. I didn't want him to fall behind, and yeah. I didn't want him or her to feel that they were left out. Jeez. And what we found was that the thing that kept everybody going was the camaraderie and the teamwork yeah. that was built in the meeting. Yeah. And everybody's on the same page then. Yep. You know, it's not a bunch of freelancers running around. Right. Yeah. One thing I really appreciate about the property restoration industry in particular is that we're a group of innovators we find problems and we find solutions and um, it, it, in my experience it's been a community where for the most part you can reach out and get some answers or get some guidance uh, from other people that want to see you succeed and so if you're in that vein and you want to hear some positivity episode 16 of the Diojo podcast is our doing good in your hood panel where we talk with uh, Brian Reynolds from Anthem Coffee, Tammy Berklid from Merritt Construction, Rick Dancer from Rick Dancer Media, William Mendoza from Rockland Restoration, and Jarrett Steer from the GMS Podcast, GMS Distribution. And they each share different ways that they themselves and their teams found ways to serve and thrive during um you know especially the strictest parts of the stay-at-home order and some of those awesome things that we can carry through into the new normal uh give a listen thank you for listening it's all about listening like subscribe and do all those things thank you yeah well that's that's really refreshing to hear you know and i think that's important you're speaking to your peers right if you're a business owner or high level manager you don't necessarily have to be the one making it happen, but it does need to be supported from the top down. Um, and I think you had said offline, you were so committed to it that if you went to a job and you had to be there at a certain time, 
you would jump on the call or, or like you said, you guys would make provisions to, to make it happen. Yeah. So you just have to have that commitment. And look, you know, I did my, one of my biggest jobs at our company was doing estimates, you know, running around selling new losses and doing bids. And, you know, some of those happen during the yeah. time when everybody else is meeting. Yep. So I would just get on FaceTime and they'd put me up on an iPad or something and everybody yep. would kind of gather around in the early days. And then later on, if I couldn't be there the night before, I would just record a video kind of like we're doing here yeah. and put it on a television. Yep. I mean, this is not fancy stuff. Right. We were Base sitting level up tech. a warehouse with like picnic table and, and you know, a cheap TV yeah. or a whiteboard or whatever. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, the fact that you're investing in them mm. is, is the part where the magic happens. And, you know, John, what I've realized is the owner who thinks that they can't afford things like that, right, is always the guy seemingly who never really gets where he or she wants to go with their business. Mm. They're always a slave to their business. They're always beholden to it. I mean, in the later years, I'd go in in the morning and have a quick manager's meeting with my managers to make sure the day, or for production, to make yeah. sure everybody's where they need to be. I'd do some tasks, look at my numbers, and I would disappear until like three in the afternoon. And I'd go ride my bike, I'd read, I'd prep lessons. Like, I was not in my business like that anymore yeah and in the afternoon i would go back to the shop and go hang out in the warehouse and as every truck came back i'd help the guys unload right and that's where i'd get to talk to them and find out what their problems were if yeah. they had a good day give a high five and and our business just kept getting better and better with the more i did that i'm building social capital right when you do that people don't want to leave and they want to do a better job. Yeah. So you're more strategically involved as opposed to fingers yeah, in well, every in little aspect. Years, of course. I was, yeah. I was just like every other guy doing everything. Yeah. But that wasn't going to allow me to get to where I wanted to go with yeah. business. Well, I think that's important too. I think that's a cool story because you can come into the industry with no experience, but you got to have the hunger to learn and develop your own skills and be able to speak intelligently to it, right? And then... As you have that understanding, you can bring the right people in and put them in the right spots and then trust them to do what you hired them to do. <laughs> you know? And train them to do what yep. you hired them to do. Yeah. You know, there's a vicious circle where you hire somebody that you think is talented. Yeah. And then you don't train him. Yeah. Her, yeah. And then you get frustrated and then you fire him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hire a new guy and you keep doing the same death circle yeah. over and over again. And look. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say I've done that a million times. Right. And I lost a lot of good people because in the early years I wasn't investing in them. Yeah. When I found too, um, you know, the principles remain the same, but as you move from team to team and area to area, you know, the way you're going to go about it changes. I, uh, I made the mistake, um, one of my more recent assignments, thinking I would bring people in and then we would set up the system once the right people were in and they'd have input and that kind of thing. And what I learned, you know, very much the hard way is people respond a lot better when you have a functioning system and, and not everybody, uh, and, and this isn't meant to be derogatory at all. Not everybody's a builder, you know, certain people are builders and other people, you know, they help you grow it they help you tweak it. And so, um, expecting everybody to, you know, the, I guess that's the nuance of treat people the way you want to be treated is not everybody wants to do the things that you want to do, you know? And so 
digging a little deeper, which is maybe where that disc profile comes into understanding better where people play their roles on the team and allowing them yeah. to do that. Yeah, I mean, we ran our whole company with disc. Every single huh. person in the company had their disc profile posted so everybody knew what everybody was. Yeah. And when you talk about it, people will start falling into the roles in their strength zones. Yeah. Yeah. And then asking for help without feeling embarrassed about the things that they're not good at because people already know that about them anyway. So that was part of your training, though? You'd do the disc profile and then actually teach people how to use it? Because so many companies, uh, well, I'd say a lot of companies don't ever invest in it. And then some of them buy it, and then that's about it. It gets posted on the wall, and then no, no, <laughs> nobody no, knows how to interpret it. I, w- I wouldn't even <laughs> interview a new, a potential new hire without having them take a disc oh? test before I interviewed them. Because I wanted to make sure they were the right person for the spot on the bus that we're filling, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we would, you know, the same thing always happened. Like the guy, new guy would come and be like, oh, this is BS. I don't want to listen to all this stuff about myself and self-awareness sure. and all that. But all the other team members who had been around a while would be like, no, dude, you got to listen. This is yeah. the most important thing we do all week. Wow. And we, we would, every single Wednesday, do this training. Yeah. And we would talk about it in, you know, like, okay, if you're an S and you're going to go sell a D, a job, here's the things you can do, and here's the things you shouldn't do. Wow. You know, I mean, we would, we would find a way to talk about it in field terms Okay. every single day. Sure. And every, well, every week. And that's what I do. I still do every Wednesday on morningtechmeeting.com. It's still this day. Yeah. And we do the same exact lessons that I taught my guys. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah it was put- always interesting because when we do our like, reviews with them, a lot of guys would say, hey, man, look, I could go across town and make a couple more dollars an hour, but I'm getting so much just out of the disc training that you're investing in me, mm. I'm not going anywhere. That's cool. Well, that's a, I think some people miss about, um, you know, most owners and managers want accountability in their teams, right? But they don't put the, you know, we always say clarity leads to consistency and then consistency leads to accountability. And you don't ever truly have accountability until the team members, like you said, you took away the meeting and the team told you, no, we're bringing the meeting back. That's when you know you have something and you have accountability when everybody else is. And like you said, new people coming in, they're like, this is how we roll, you know. Well, and as the leader, you have to be humble enough to be okay with that. Yeah. That's hard, man. We all, you know, I talk about this and I don't know if you've heard this on, on Blue Collar Nation, but I talk about this a lot. The same skills that allow you to start up a business from scratch, yeah, yeah. that kind of independence and maverick and I yeah. can do everything myself and I'm going to watch you know, me. Yeah. Make this happen are the exact same traits that as you try to scale your business, hold you <laughs> back. Yeah. So you have to pivot. That's the buzzword right now, but you have to pivot at some point to say, all right, well, those skills that got me off the ground back in the day, those aren't serving me anymore. They're actually right. hurting me. Right. So now i got to go get some training. This is what I talk about in my blue-collar coaching one-on-one with owners. Sure. Time to, to flip that switch and then now go into more, you know, leading, Yeah. not managing. Yeah. They're not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and it, it starts, like you said, starts with leading yourself, right? To be able to lead others, you got to lead yourself and... And be authentic yeah, there. Just full disclosure, like, I 
didn't have any of these skills when I started. Yeah. I, 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 I had to learn all of this. Yeah. You know, I was a horrible manager. I was a horrible leader. I was, I mean, I might have had some leadership qualities, but they certainly weren't refined enough to get guys to really want to follow. Yeah. We went many years at the beginning where we didn't have a good culture, and it was mostly my ego and Larry's ego. Yeah. We're in the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, um, I, I think that was what I was really intrigued about, the importance of uh, investing in training and then how that, you know, has to flow from the top down. So I want to be, um, you know, mindful of your time. I, I think I could, this is close to my heart, so I could talk about this for hours and hours. So <laughs> well, we'll have to do another episode. Absolutely. Um, so like you said, you've got the blue collar consulting, you know, that's the high level consulting with owners and managers. Um, so let's talk uh, a little bit about the nuts and bolts of morning tech meetings. So that's only 20 bucks a month. Well, actually the price went up. Um, oh, great. Recently, that's kind of an old price list, but we are doing a deal. Larry and I are doing a webinar right now. Price now is forty nine a month. Okay. But if, if Still, people go to the geez. webinar, and I'll give you it's it's just morningtechmeeting.com backslash webinar, or ideally they could go to our YouTube Morning Tech Meeting and actually watch the webinar. They could sign up and lock in for twenty nine forever. So no matter how oh. you know much it goes up in the future, it'll still be locked in at twenty nine. Now but, that that... I mean, that doesn't matter if you have one tech or. 100 taxes so it's not per back. tech it's nope. one one time and you can have now, the whole team have, there we, we do have that so how the price structure now is it's a single user like if you're going to shoot it on a, a video screen and everybody comes to a meeting it's 29 bucks a month okay then two to five users is 39 a month and then we send that out to the technicians phone oh, via email automatically and then, and then above so from uh six to 15 users is 49 a month Okay. The, if they have more than 15 guys, we just tell them to call us and we'll just make a volume discount for them. Unlimited. But, but the webinar price we're doing, especially with what's going on now, we're just trying to help people. Yeah. 29 a month, no matter if you have one guy or 100 guys. Wow. And, and, we'll, and we'll lock that in yeah. no matter what. And so those are six to eight minutes and it's it's all, like you said, the, the rotating. Can you break down the, what sure. was it, Monday yeah, through so Friday? Every, every Monday I do personal development. Uh, you know, I mean, it's things so simple. Like, I even do a lesson on how to quit. Huh. Like, nobody wants the guy to quit by text on Monday morning at yeah. 5 a.m. We've all had that, that text, right? Yep. And you're like, I've got that guy in a van with, like, five jobs. Yep, yep. So, I mean, I'm even teaching guys the skills to, if you're going to quit, two weeks notice, not by text, in writing, hmm. go talk to your boss, you know, like, things like... Don't burn your bridges. So basic, but... You know, and, and we talk about how it's fair to everybody else if you behave that way, and, yeah. you know, things like that. Or, you know, personal development is also like, you know, showing up for work without a hangover with, you know, clean clothes <laughs> on and, you know, whatever it is. But yeah. those, they sound simple, but those things can change how a business is looked at by every well, I can't remember, uh, I can't remember the article, but someone broke that down. You know, they had a millennial, oh my gosh, come in and interview. And it was a terrible interview. And um, I don't remember how they said it kind of clicked with them. Uh, but they did. They came in shabby. You know, they didn't have a resume. 
And so something sparked in the interviewer and, and they grabbed him outside the door and they said, listen, that was terrible. I'm going to give you a second chance. Tomorrow, come on time, wear a shirt that's tucked in, have your resume and be ready to answer these questions. And the, and the person, to their credit, came back and then the story was how that person um, you know, did very well because they were given, they didn't assume they were just a piece of garbage because they didn't know what to do. But in, in, and in talking to that person, that person, like, you know, the, the, not a great work history in the home life, you know, um, nobody had really mentored that person or prepped them for. So it's interesting, you know, what you say, some of those people might be thinking, oh, this is, but if my you're going to attract, company, yeah, my entire company is millennials. Yep. Every person working for me was a millennial. The only people older than millennial were Larry and I, yeah. Generation X. So I basically morningtechmeeting.com is yeah. millennial training yeah. in, in many ways because, you know, what you just said, that's what I would get every single time. Yeah. So I would try to look past the fact that they were late and this and that, and I'd be like, but is there a spark there that I can work right. with that person and yeah. actually train them? Yep. I mean, I have a guy who became my mitigation manager. He came in, he was the biggest punk, and, you know, but there was that spark. Yeah. And I hired him. I told him, I said, look, man, you know, the behavior you have today, I'm hiring you on potential. <laughs> I think you can change. Yeah. And look, it took a little while. Yeah. And then he ended up becoming essentially one of the best employees I ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but we had to do life training with him. Yeah. He didn't have anybody to do that. Well, that's so many people you expect, uh, you know, you're hiring 18, 19 year olds and then expect them to click the light on and be leaders. And I don't know how many people have had that conversation. You know, your leadership style is not going to be like mine. I I have to admit, I never did the disc profile and that probably would have been helpful. But, um, you know, helping people find their voice, you know, and uh, and learn how to lead. It's it, it's not an easy, I mean, most of us, it takes us a long time to even get mediocre at leadership. And then we expect these young guys to just, you know, all of a sudden be the best at it. That's the whole thing. It's like, I alluded to this earlier. How do we hire a, a young guy, 19, 20? Yeah. And then expect within a very quick amount of time yeah. for them to grab the keys to a van and go be a lead tech, yeah. inter, you know, interacting with clients, adjusters, public adjusters, yeah. uh, industrial hygienists. University you know, reps, just, yeah. There's yep. no way. Yeah. You believe we drove around all day and there's not a single job in this town. There's nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. That's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. It's like, yeah. no, we're doing this wrong. They, they all can learn the technical. Right. We've got to, you know, everybody's like, well, I'm not their mother and I, I'm not their school. Yeah. Well, you are now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, you've got them. Yep. And, you know, it, it, you can either choose to train them and make wonderful employees who appreciate it, or you can keep hiring and firing, hiring and firing, yeah. hiring and that firing. vicious cycle. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I think we were going through the list. We got Monday is personal development. I believe you said Wednesday is disc, right? Tuesday is in-home behavior. Okay. Where to park the van, how the van should look, ringing the doorbell, Jeez. You know, looking people in the eye, property protection, you yep. know, all the things that you need to do to create an amazing service experience. Because I talk about that a lot. You know, At our company, business is theater. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. They just assume that if we're coming to their house, we already know how to do whatever it is that we get called in to do, whether an electrician, plumber, restoration guy. We know that's not necessarily true. Yeah. But that's what the client thinks. So they base their rest of what they think about us on the service experience that yeah. they get. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time one day a week talking well, that's, about that. I, you know, especially in property restoration, I know we had a vicious cycle of at the superintendent or project manager level hiring, um, you know, uh, guys that had one truck were, were contractors. And that was one thing I, I've always tried to get across is like that project management, every level of property restoration, especially in program work, is service. It's not the technical skill. You know, spend a little more money and get really good carpenters, but your project managers and things like that is more that that uh, bedside care is a lot more uh, yeah. valuable. Empathy, empathy and restoration is one of the number one traits yeah. you need to have. Yep, yep. And there's a lot of really good people out there that just master the service aspect of it, and they'll tell you, you can, I mean, the technical side is the easier side to learn. I'm not, not necessarily repairs, um, you know, because you, you do have to be skilled to be a carpenter, a good carpenter. Um, but even um, like with the carpentry, I tell people if we had carpenters that were moderately skilled but had great uh, rapport with the customer, you know, we could walk through and you could see things that were kind of like, you know, not the best and they're just, they're just happy as all get out. Whereas we'd have a contractor go in there that maybe is just, you know, phenomenal, but they're terrible with people and, and they're just picking them apart, you know. And so, you know, your customer, like you said, that... That in-home behavior goes a long way, you know, way. towards... And Wednesday, as we talked about, we did disc train. We do disc training. Yeah. Thursday, we do add-on sales. You know, okay. it depends on, you know, and that also applies to, like, in restoration, going and selling new losses. Sure. You know, because if you're on call at midnight and you get a call, you're expected to come home with a job. Right? Yeah, yeah. My guys were. Yeah. So I can't take somebody who really identifies themselves as a technician wholeheartedly and never wanted to sell anything in their whole life. They just wanted to do the work. Yeah. I think that's most of us. That was me. Yeah. I didn't sell anything until I started my own business. I, yeah. I always thought sales was scary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, all of my lessons on add on sales or, or doing proposals and bids are based on a technician's mindset, which is kind of what I have yeah. down deep. Yeah. So I can relate to them feeling like that's out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So I try to give them tools and strategies to overcome the fear of sales and to do it in an ethical and honest way. Yeah. And uh, we had good luck with that, you know? I mean, we took people who were very much not salespeople and they could go sell losses all day long. Yeah. Well, it's educating and connecting. Well, and just being willing to ask a couple questions and if, if there's value, you know, why shouldn't we fill that value void? Um, well, that's and then, fr- and then Fridays we recap the other four days, and then they get a quiz where the guys take a quiz. Yeah, that's awesome. Five question quiz just to make sure they're paying attention. And those is that um, is that kind of more a series? D- does everybody start at the same spot, or is this just ongoing? Everybody starts at the same spot. And so then... uh, when when a company buys, they start on day one. Yep, and then they go back. If they get new technicians along the way, there's actually libraries where they that technician can go back nice. and fill in the blanks. Very cool. 
Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Eric. Well, I, I, again, um, I think we're over the time I told you we would. So um, yeah, that's okay. Thanks. Uh, but this is, yeah, like I said, it's very interesting to me, and um, hopefully people see the value. And thank you for speaking to that. You know, as an owner, high level manager. Um, any closing comments you want to plug the Blue Collar Nation podcast? That's probably we'll have to set up a separate time to talk about uh, yeah, your experience with that. Yeah, come on and talk about that. Yeah, Larry and uh, myself started the Blue Collar Nation podcast. We have industry experts from all aspects of the trades. I know, John, you've heard some of them. Yeah. Lately, we've been doing one every single day during Just little snips. coronavirus started. Yep. We've been doing little minis about how to deal with it. Yeah. But normally it's every Thursday and we go okay. long form with an industry expert like Chuck Violand or yeah. Ellen Rohr, Al Levy, Howard Partridge. And we, we you know, unpack bigger issues yeah. when during the normal times. Yep. But we're trying to be of service to give guys uh, information quickly right now on yeah. what to do. Because a lot of companies are scrambling, especially carpet cleaners and yeah. some guys who are... Um, and that niche you're filling is the um, service industry. So that's anything construction, restoration, plumbing, um, yeah. electrical, yeah. all of those. Yep. Yeah, we feel that they're all pretty interrelated. Yep. And I think the skills that Larry and I have learned apply to most of those yeah. on some level or not. So well, a good friend of mine, uh, when I was working in Eugene, he was also managing a Les Schwab, and it was interesting how much of, you know, that same, you know, high volume, uh, go, 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 you know, recruiting young people and, and uh, you know, the service-based industries, there's a lot of crossover, you know, regardless yeah, of what it, you're doing. Well, ironically, just from some groups that we belong to, we have guys that are like own auto body shops yep. that are using morningtechmedia.com because, yep. you know, they're saying, Similar. well, you're talking about going in the home and we just tell them, well, it's when they come here. Yep, yep. But, but the lesson's the same. Yep. You know? Yeah. No. Anyway, that's what we're doing. That's awesome. And that's, uh, so, uh, morningtechmeeting.com, right? Yep, that's for, for, the, for the morning meetings. You can find us there. And then how do we get a hold of the the podcast podcast is blue collar nation and you can get it on itunes or soundcloud or stitcher you I think, know, wherever you can find a, a podcast i think i there. recently listened to the one with ed cross there on um uh, spotify i think i was listening to it on yeah, spotify yeah and then we're actually having ed on next week to talk about you know the liability issues around covid yes yeah. ed's creating all those service contracts yep. you know he has california texas and new york done i believe yeah so he's going to come on for one of those quick ones and kind of give everybody an update on yeah. these are the things that you guys should be thinking about before you just go and yeah. say we're all good. Yeah. When I think uh, – I listened to one of the snips. I think it was Skylar Lewis, and uh, he was talking about how they're you know, sending people beer and then doing like Zoom calls and things like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's a – super creative. Yeah. Super uh, creative. So yeah. – well, awesome, Eric. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. And John, can I just tell everybody one thing? Yeah. Sorry. So we, Larry and I are doing a webinar on dealing with the crisis. And basically I took like maybe the last 20 podcasts and took the lessons from what everybody, oh, all the experts were saying and kind of condensed it into like a 22-page little ebook. Oh, wow. So if anybody wants it, they can just hit me up at eric at morningtechmeeting.com. Okay. And then they could also go to our YouTube channel, which is morningtechmeeting.com. I mean, I'm sorry, just Morning Tech Meeting on YouTube. And you can actually see the webinar. And then we actually are doing really good deals on coaching, 
and morning tech packages and the Maxwell video, uh, video courses and all that. Awesome. Okay. Love to check that out. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Eric with uh, Blue Collar Consulting. And um, we will, we'll definitely have you back uh, hopefully soon. <laughs> I appreciate the invite. Pleasure all right. Being on. Thank you. Thanks, man. So speaking of, um, you know, dynamic duos, um, obviously Eric and I on the uh, podcast is just audio gold um, other than my error in properly recording and saving what we did and thereby ergo getting kind of the lower grade of the lower grade audio experiences um but you're you're conditioned and used to mediocrity if you're listening to this right that's some unoriginal ratchet shit right there but um at least you know how to have fun (laughs) let's be honest it's like not you know this is the podcast you listen to when you've run out of other podcasts right (laughs) so anyhow um we do thank you for listening and uh, you know, Eric and I create a dynamic duo. You know, he obviously pulled most of the weight and is the dynamic part. Um, I am the duo. <laughs> but another dynamic duo, <clears throat> if you've been listening and if you're interested, we have the uh, started a, 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 a podcast within the podcast. We call it Pro versus Joe Engage. Um, but... The concept is that Brian, who is, quote-unquote, the Joe, close, he's operations manager for All-American and co-owner of All-American Real Estate Services, which is a general contractor out of Tacoma, Washington. He and his partner, Brandon, are new to the nuances of insurance repairs, but they're no stranger to construction and did a lot of work in property management. That's where they cut their teeth, and they have some great perspectives on business, but... They have been pivoting into property restoration uh, repairs, the repair side of property restoration, working with insurance companies, as the need keeps coming to them and the opportunities keep presenting themselves. And so <clears throat> they've identified that as a um, um, a key. They want to make that a much more significant portion of their portfolio. And so they reached out to me. <clears throat> We've known each other for a while. And uh, you know me, uh, I've been in the biz for, you know, 17 plus years, um, and which is a lot to some, um, like Brian and Brandon, but to others, you know, some of you listening to this, that's uh, just getting started, right? But uh, so we take a little bit more of a lax approach on the podcast. We discuss culture, which may help some of you old dogs better understand these dang kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But we also talk shop, and so I think the goal is you'll experience two things. The first is that if you are new to the industry or if you have employees who are new to the industry, you can learn along with Brian about the business of water and fire renovations uh, from the ground up. So, you know, it's uh, in our banter, we talk about you know, uh, topics that we brought up on the podcast, things that I take for granted that Brian's like, oh, that's something I didn't know. Um, And then experiences as they're learning, you know, to uh, work with adjusters and, and, uh, and again, the nuances of insurance. And then second, for those of you who've been around for a while, like myself, 
you get a feed off of Brandon or Brian's passion for the opportunities and um, you know seeing the industry again through a fresh set of eyes so I think most of us can remember you know you didn't necessarily set out to get into this industry but like you know once you took grasp of it it's like wow this is a really cool opportunity and then inevitably like in any business you kind of get beat up by the process and sometimes you either take for granted some of the things that you've learned or you, you know you forget or um, if you're in a, <clears throat> a particularly tough season you know you're just getting the piss beat out of you it kind of zaps your passion and so something that's done for me by seeing Brian and Brandon be excited about it is you know kind of boost you back up to um, <clears throat> you know being excited about the industry again so Episode 10 of the Dio Joe podcast is episode one of uh, Pro vs. Joe, and episode 14 of the Dio Joe podcast is episode two, and we've got uh, a couple more coming, so we're planning on um, those usually will release on Thursdays and probably like every other week, so um, <clears throat> let us know if there are topics you'd like this dynamic duo to address Pro versus Joe, Pro versus Joe, engage. Um, but then as a recap to our other dynamic duo, uh, myself and Eric, the Tech Whisperer, Sprague, um, man, if you didn't grasp from that conversation that soft skills um, is training is essential for your team, um, and if you aren't doing regular training, I would say at least weekly, um, I know that's what I've always practiced is at least weekly, you're not giving your team the tools they need to help your organization take things to the next level. Um, and you are missing opportunities as well to get valuable feedback from your team. You know, it needs to go both ways. You need to hear, you know, whether you're an owner, a high-level manager, or even a mid-level manager, you need to hear what your techs are experiencing in the field so that you can adapt your processes to better, you know, if you set up your company to train and invest in your frontline employees and then all your systems are set up to help those people you know produce the revenue you know increase profitability by simple things like efficiency you know to be consistent in your systems you're going to see just a, a, a return on that investment you know and, and it's going to set you apart for being competitive so um, you heard it from Eric he's the co at the time of developing this process he was the co-owner of Shamrock restoration and his money guy his partner um also bought in larry the pineapple man um wilberton you know he was the marketing and money guy and he was like man this is gonna be friggin expensive um but the results that they saw from it um is incredible and i think eric has done a great job of of bringing that down to um edible bites daily bites that uh techs can grab a hold of so the results of daily investment in people brought better, for them, it brought a better customer experience. They got higher add-on sales. I mean, how many companies want that, right? If your techs can be out there on the front lines selling, especially if you're in like carpet cleaning or um, any of those services where there's add-on opportunities, um, you know, that, that bumps up your revenue and your bottom line, right? You're already there. So if you can do something more um, that's of value to the customer, it just, it, uh, it deepens um, that opportunity, as well as deepening your employee engagement. Um, so um, I think what's interesting about COVID-19 is it's exposing weaknesses in existing processes and systems, right? And so there's going to be a batch of people that just blame their recent misfortunes on 
COVID and there's going to be others that say, man, this is really exposing things and it's time to tighten up our processes and invest deeper in our people. I think whatever the new normal looks like, however the industry continues to evolve in every industry, your people, even if if some of the AI and stuff like that take, you know, your needs for people lower, you're, you know, the quality of people that you need is going to be exponentially higher. And so, you know, a lot of people are complaining about, you know, well, the quality of the incoming workforce. And the, the funny thing is nobody is investing in, you know, trying to better understand it. I, not, I'm not going to say no one, but a lot of the people that are complaining about the income, the quality of the incoming workforce aren't taking the time to try to understand where they're coming from and then develop systems to, this is it. I mean, it's not like it's going to change. If you're waiting for the industry to crap out better uh, candidates, it's not going to happen. So find a way to understand them, find a way to develop them, and then have a process where, hey, if after a period of time you're not responding to you know our system, then you know we're going to have to part ways, but we're going to give it every shot to try to make you uh, successful because our success depends on it. So you're going to struggle to compete if you don't adapt. But uh, check out MorningTechMeeting.com. 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 And tell those two amigos over there that the Diojo sent you for your special discount. So... Everybody now. Everybody now. Have a good day. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.